right, everybody. Welcome to the Why Not Us podcast. Carter Kramer, Mike McGowan, special guest James Vandenberg today. So uh, I was excited to talk to James a little bit. Appreciate you doing this, man. Thank Definitely you. Definitely brings up the like the the looks of the yeah, I know, I know. I feel like we're underdressed. Yeah. Came very formal. Came yeah. very formal. That guy's a professional. That's uh, it's awesome. Um, the handsome meter just pegged. Yeah, I know, I know. Especially after you had to shave my head yesterday. Yes. So, Did you see uh, this? Yes, I actually. Yeah, that's, there it that's is. amazing. Not much up here on the front, no, the well, top area. No, um, well, I, do, I feel lighter though, like more agile. Yeah. You know what I mean? No dynamic. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, so uh, James, first of all, thank you for uh, taking the time yeah, to do this with us. Um, you and I met uh, at a charity golf event, I think, right? We, we did, the Zach Johnson. The Zach Johnson, that's right. So uh, as, you, as you know, Zach Johnson's home club is Elmcrest Country yes, Club here is. in Cedar yes, Rapids. So he's got a great foundation that's done a lot of great things for our community, plus got all over the place. But yep. uh, so yeah, we met, we started to chat. We found out we had some stuff in common. You said musky, and then you said whitetail, and then we yeah. kind of got on the, <laughs> the same page. We're like, oh my yeah. gosh, you too? What was that guy's name again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and since then, you've been, uh, you've been helping me out as a financial advisor. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that too, but, uh, first and foremost, you know, tell people a little bit about your background. You've got a, you know, you're kind of a, I would say one of those iconic people in Iowa because like college football is such a big deal here and you were a college quarterback for the university of Iowa. Um, but talk a little bit about, you know, your background, where you come from and then how you transitioned into that college football. And I I particularly want to know you were a military brat from what I understand. So I did nine years in Marine Corps. I really love to hear about that. Yeah, no. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the beginning. My dad uh, was in the army. Mm-hmm. They paid for his med school and uh, he then had to serve to, to get it paid back. So we lived in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri for a while. That's where I was born on Fort Leonard Wood. Okay. Then we moved out to Fort Lewis, which is right outside of Olympia, Washington. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, we traveled around. We moved everywhere. We lived on a base in Georgia very quickly, Texas very quickly. He was from Southeast Iowa. After he's done serving, wanted to get back to Southeast Iowa. So we, I went to middle school and high school in Keokuk, which is Southeast corner of the state. Yeah. Um, I'm the oldest of five, loved all sports, loved outdoors, got the opportunity to come play for coach Ferentz. And I would have never been able to tell him no. So once he gave me a chance, <laughs> like, <laughs> he was too good of a guy. And yeah, five years at Iowa, I redshirted and then was lucky enough to be on the team and play and and have a very brief cup of coffee post-college, just getting hired and fired for a year. And so talk about that a little bit. So you did, you, so you got, you made it to the NFL, you made it to the league, yeah, which is the, a feat the, in itself. The league. And with a quote unquote local team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think what I quickly realized, it's like, well, if you're not on the team, really, you're really not getting paid that much yeah <laughs> it's like i think it's it's cool meeting adrian peterson and aaron Rodgers for some given amount of time but then it's like i want to make money and work and yeah yeah i uh ended up basically as i got hired and fired and hired and fired and and we don't even know need to go all the way down that i just ended up setting a date i'm like if i'm not on a team yeah. by this date i'm gonna be done and that date came and I wasn't on a team. And afterwards, teams called. They wanted me to come to camp to give it another go. And I was, hey, I, my date yeah. came. I'm done. I had wow. accepted a job. Like, it, I'm okay it, moving on. It's got to be hard to do. That's hard to say no. Yeah. So I, I think I was really lucky. Like, my parents, uh, luckily, I have great parents. And, like, sports were a part of me, but they were never, like, my – like, I like to hunt. Yeah, <laughs> Quite yeah, frankly, yeah. like, I like to hike. I like to fish. I like to I, – I, I like to do a lot of things. So yeah. I wasn't just, like, football or – nothing and yeah. a lot of guys do struggle a lot of guys play 10 15 years and then struggle it's like how do you yeah. struggle you have a hundred million dollars 
it's their identity and then they got to give that up. And right. Right. Sure. I was kind of lucky that it was part of me, but it was never, people didn't know me only for being a football player. Right. Well, you're player. an intelligent guy too. So that helps. I mean, some people don't have another option. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like they have to make it and yep. that's, that's, they've got all their chips in that, that basket, right. Yep. Or all their eggs in that basket. Um, so, so then transition then. So, so here you are, the date comes, you're like, okay, you've, oh. you've made this commitment of, I'm going to, I'm going to get into civilian life. So, you know, we should yeah. talk about that a lot from a yeah. military perspective, right? Yeah. Like make the transition back to normal living. You know, talk us through that. How you know? How did you start your professional career? Where did you go? Yep. So I, I was a I was a pre med major. I wanted to be a doctor. My yeah. dad's a doctor. Follow dad's footsteps. Follow, yeah. yeah. So I Good. watched him on all these bases, and then he was running an ER in Southeast Iowa. I did all the hard work, which most people don't do playing college football because it's a it's a heavy load. Yeah. Did it all, but then that whole year and a half of uh, chasing an NFL dream kind of put my time track on like, well, I got to take the MCAT now in eight months. I got to then get into med school in like two years and then you're there for eight years residency and it's like i'm gonna be 34 by the time i'm out right and so i, I basically kind of like football you don't make any money during that time we're taking on water the whole time yeah. exactly so, <laughs> so, so i basically was like well my minor was finance and, and i had a vanguard account when i was 15 i loved finance I thought, I don't want to wait. I'm going to use some connections and I'm going to leverage yeah. my way and, and go a different route. Well, what I immediately learned is like, you're 23. You don't really know anything about finance, taxes. I mean, you just, you don't. Somebody with money is not going to listen to you and rightfully so. And so yeah, yeah, I, I, was, sense. I was kind of told by mentors, like I wouldn't take any of these opportunities. And uh, I ended up in agriculture, which is interesting wow. because yeah. I grew up in Iowa, kind of, I had never been in a combine or been in a tractor or like we had a hundred acres of pure timber. Yeah. yeah. Um, recreational ground. Recreational ground. Yeah. Exactly. So a big family owned company, there was three or four guys on the team that uh, already worked for them and they offered me a job. I was the second guy they hired in the state. They gave me a big truck in four counties and they said, go sell corn and soybeans. Yeah. And yeah. I, I did that. I'm so thankful. I got to know so many awesome people and so many great communities that are yeah. like outside of Iowa City cedar rapids but i knew kind of that wasn't long term what i was gonna do and okay. so then i was able to get back into finance after three and a half years of doing that yeah you, you and i talked about this and, and this michael get a kick out of this i mean there's not a farmer that i know that isn't listening to every iowa football game in their yeah, oh yeah. in their tractor in the, in the combine combine when they're harvesting in the fall yeah, yeah. because weekends man oh, they're yeah. out there working with the weather's good so i mean that had to be an advantage for you because you were a recognizable name Thanks. right and guys are like oh what, i know james what, what, they cheered or swore at you it was used in both ways but you know here's the funny joke is i was like man Man, I think I've met all 10 Iowa State fans like in agriculture. <laughs> like you gotta remember, Iowa State's the ag school here. So yeah, that's like, true. There's plenty of Hawkeye farmers, but a lot of them are Iowa State people. Yeah, I didn't even which, think about that. Yeah, well, we're so. lucky. We have two great universities. It's a, a fun little rivalry. But yeah, I I, uh, I loved meeting farmers, and I loved learning. Like their life is so different. Yeah, and they take flack for various reasons, and it's like they're just doing a job that they've done for 
ever. Yeah. I mean, well, and their, their family is probably done for generations. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and you think of the risk those guys take on like a daily basis with money and debt and quite frankly, just operating that kind of machinery. Like it's, it's not uh, just a super easy life. It is a very yeah. life full of hard work, quite frankly. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's so a lot of things out of those guys control, you know, they're dealing with weather, they're, yeah. you know, they get tough great, years. Great prices, yeah. I mean, it's a very up and down. Yeah. 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 Oil, diesel. They, yeah. They yep. deal with all of it. Yeah. Lots of variables. Yeah. So interesting. So, so here you are selling seed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not a city kid, but I'm not a farm kid. And so, yeah, I I found a way to relate and so many great people in the farming community, but I I got to a point where they wanted to move me to Nebraska and I was going to lead up the state of Nebraska, which meant we were going to live in a town of like a hundred people. And my wife was like, well, you can go do that. (laughs) I'm not going, I'm not going to Nebraska or South Dakota or any of those places. And that time I kind of rerounded my way back on the finance connections and, yeah. and found a group in Cedar Rapids that uh, worked with a couple of mentors of mine. And I've been there seven years. How, now. how many years Very did you nice. sell seed? Three and a half. Three so, and a half. Okay. So yeah. you got a chance to learn something about business yep. and, and, and yep. guys that were making money. You probably yeah. saw oh. gaps between successful farmers and not so successful so, farmers. You bring up such a good point. And, and those guys are going through such a transition on like how they farmed from 1960 to 2000 and. 10, 15 to how quickly that world's changing with technology and with seed and chemical. Like it is a very fast paced world now. And there's a lot of guys who don't really want to make that change. And that's why you're seeing farm sell. I mean, you're just seeing the big guys get bigger who are embracing all that. And a lot of, yeah, there's less farmers. So the the only constant in farming is change. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, you gotta be yeah. agile for sure. And yeah. I think I just sent you the article about, isn't it Harry Stein? Isn't he the guy that's uh, is so, yeah. licensed off the, you know, the, the roundup ready seeds to Monsanto and, and so Sargent, what, or what's the, uh, yeah, so he lives in the same house yeah. and he's worth like, yeah, he's worth yeah, he's he's like $9.8 billion dollars or something yeah. ridiculous. Richest but, uh, guy in Iowa. But he did, he, that he single-handedly changed farming and the fact that he's rooted here and I think he's from Adele, Iowa or somewhere out there. Right. But just an incredible story. But so, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so from there, you, you, you get into the finance world, yep. talk a little bit about how you got tied into that, why you chose to go the route that you did. And, yep. and cause you're at RBC heritage now. Yep. So and that's where I'm, I'm working with you currently. Yep. Talk a little bit about that and why you chose that group and kind of how that came about. Yeah. I think in the finance world, I mean, it's like anything else. I'm a people person and the two guys that I met with that ended up hiring me and bringing me on are just awesome guys. Like yeah. they're just, they're good guys. They're a high integrity They're They love their jobs. They're into the business every day. And it was very easy. Actually, I, I made a similar decision when I took the job with Bex. I, I met Sonny and Scott Beck are the owners of this billion dollar company. Yeah. And it's like, you shake their hand. And I sat here with them for, it's like, man, these are really good people. Yeah. Like, and I coach Ferentz, like uh, he's uh, like, you meet the Becks. It's like, they're really good people. They're going to take a chance on me. Like, okay, I'll, I, yeah. that's exactly how my partners were now. And that's why I, I work where I work. Um, I mean, finance, you want to have tools. So there's certain organizations that are going to have a suite of tools that are going to take care of certain clients. And RBC certainly has that. Yeah. And then it's people. And yeah. I mean, yeah. there's good people in all the different companies. I'm sure I was lucky to find some in RBC. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you've, you've been able to already talk to me about some interesting aspects of the finance, but we're going through an interesting time in the country, right? With Super. the economics being in the position they're in, you know, we're seeing a lot of changes there as well. You know, what, from a financial perspective right now, given yep. kind of the current landscape, we're seeing high inflation, we're seeing high interest rates. Yep. Um, you know, what advice do you have for people that are kind of sitting there right now going like, what's the next, you know, what's the next six months, 12 months, you know, 24 months, what's that look like? Talk a little bit about that. Yep. It's a great question. And and all I'd say is, you know, right now, just inflation. You said inflation, okay? Yeah. Inflation hasn't been around really in 30 or 40 years. That's, that's correct. Yeah. And yeah. the Federal Reserve, which everybody likes to talk about. Some people hate them. Some people think they can save the day every day. Okay, they have two mandates, price stability and inflation. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and for the longest time, they've only had to deal with one of those, price stability. So 2008 yeah. happens, they can rush in and flood liquidity and, and buy their way out of it. Yeah. 2020, exact same way. Okay. The other mandate now all of a sudden is popping up though, because they have to serve both yeah. of them, which just tells you there's going to be different dynamics on if we go to a recession, if we have trouble, there might not be the flood of money there already was. And right. then don't even hold that against a backdrop of $33 trillion of debt. Well, like, right, right. I think everybody is now becoming aware that this is a thing. Yeah. Something's going to have to happen. And I describe it this way to people. It's like, I don't know where the point is, but there's a point where there's so much debt. Somebody has to buy the debt. Right. Somebody has to buy it. So That's every right. treasury they sell to fund the government, somebody buys it. Yep. And so when they when they buy it, we have to have enough people out there that can eat all that up. And at some point that number gets so big, it becomes harder for it to get eaten up. And then those people require a higher interest rate. Yeah. Because you got to entice them. And we certainly, wow. I, I don't know if we're at that point, but we are getting to a point where that's going to be a thing because yeah. uh, can we even fathom a trillion dollars, let alone 33 trillion or, yeah. I, I mean, I, we can't like a numbers guy. I can't. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, dude, inflation has almost essentially tripled. Interest rates have almost essentially tripled at this point. We're close. Yep, right. And yep. I think we're still kind of climbing at this point. And now we, we throw in also some of these, like these world, you know, conflicts. Yep. Right. And that has an effect on, on those items Absolutely. as well, because we're pushing money out here and pushing money out there and printing more money to try to, you know, give assistance here and there. I mean, there's a lot, there's kind of a perfect storm Absol right now. Don't you think? Absolutely. And, and on the inflation, in the rest of the world. I mean, a lot of the rest of the world controls all the commodities and whether that's yeah, metals yeah. or minerals or wood or oil. I mean, uh, we have the ability in North America. Obviously, we're very lucky. Like America is what it is because we really do have, we have corn, we have soybeans, we have oil, we have gas. We, I mean, we have, we have it really good here. Yeah, we've got good resources. Uh, other parts of the world do not have it as good as us, but we've outsourced a lot of that material side. Yes. The Brazil's of the world and the, the, the Asia's of the world, they, they control a lot of this stuff because we quit doing it. Right. Um, right. And we're a lot more of a technological society, which has had its advantages and disadvantages. So yes. yeah, I, I think there's a lot of dynamics and I think it just sums up on like, you know, people need to know like why they're doing what they're doing and what they own um, because we are in a, a different world. And, and I completely understand, like I have so much faith in America and, and up and to the right over time, like 100%. Yeah. But there are a lot of tough periods if you go back through American history that aren't just one or two years, they're decades. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what's coming, but there are a lot of things that are different than the 2010s. And I think people just need to look through it through that lens. Like, hey, things are different. How you made money from 2010 
10 to 20 might not be how you make money from 2020 to 30. Yeah. It might be the opposite. So yeah, wow. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good just, point. A lot, a lot of people don't know what they own or why they own it. And, and they should, it's your money. Like nobody right. cares about your money more than you. So yeah. know what you're doing and, <laughs> and why you're doing it. Well, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. keep a, they keep a tab on me. <laughs> yeah. well. They want to know how much money we got. We, we, we've talked about the debt a lot. We, yep, a lot. That, it seems to come up in every conversation. Well, we, I mean, yesterday we talked about Smith and Wesson leaving, leaving Massachusetts. Massachusetts yeah. yeah. Right. And we talked did, about. Did you, did you know that? No. The, 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 so, so, Smith and Wesson so, packed up and left Massachusetts due to uh, oh. over-regulation, oh, red over-regulation, red tape. Yep. And, and we're talking about 1,700 and some odd employees. Yep. We're talking uh, about I the mean, revenue loss to Massachusetts. Yeah. I mean, what, $100 million a year yeah, in, the, in revenue the, those, loss for the state. Right. Yeah, those numbers, uh, what was their, you know, annual revenue was 860 million. dollars It doesn't even touch the interest we're paying on that $33 trillion. Well, and again, you know, we talked about the 1,700 employees and the payroll tax and then they're all paying, you know, sales tax on the items they buy and they're paying property tax on the places they own. And people don't understand, I don't think sometimes, James, that that economic trickle down effect yep. that occurs when you lose a giant interstate commerce, you know, level company like a Smith and Wesson. And these are the same states that are struggling to balance a budget or have a, a positive budget. You know, the same ones that are losing, you know, like Tesla moving from California to Texas, right? Yep. Like you were seeing this more and more and more. And it's like, when is the government going to get the memo? You cannot regulate these people out of doing business in your state if yep. you want to contain and keep the revenue in the economy within it just I, it's I foolish a, to me i, I don't a understand great it. conversation with a guy who's a a big real estate guy in, in chicago mm-hmm. and he was talking about i mean chicago is obviously struggling now with people fleeing at least sure. to the suburbs sure. illinois yeah. as a state is not uh i mean the best fiscally right now but he, he described he goes you know like these big buildings and there's these horror stories they can be recharacterized into uh multifamily or apartments he goes that's true but he goes the problem is is when the corporation was in that building they we're paying a hundred million in taxes yeah. to Chicago. And yeah. as soon as yeah. you go to all yes. apartments, the tax revenue basically just completely <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, right. personal, the personal is much less than commercial. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. That, that, so that, that's a problem over time. And so these uh, good policies, bad policies, if you have policies that people aren't staying there for and you lose those people or those corporations, like, that's not in your pro forma no, for the next there's, 10 there's, years on how you spend money. Correct. There's so a serious economic uh, consequence, right, no. for that situation. And we all know states don't spend less money. Government entities no. don't spend, they don't, they don't no. reduce budgets. Obviously, that's why we don't, we can't balance a fucking budget. Your taxes never go down. Right. This is one of my favorite principles in finance. I tell clients this. Once you go up a level, you never go back. Yeah. yeah, you drive a, a nicer car, you will not go buy an eight-year-old dented one again, and that's not necessarily wrong. But as you, yeah, like you're, you don't go back. So it's when, when you take steps, whether it's a government or an individual, you're not, you're not spending less. Yeah, it's that's not, right. It's not going backwards. Yeah, that's so true. All right, well, let's get into the fun stuff. Let's yeah. talk about some of your hunting expositions Ooh. and. Uh, yeah. Dude, so you have done some really cool. I was able to watch some of your self-filmed hunts. Okay, um, you've got a couple brothers as well that I are do. that are into this uh, outdoors bow hunting yep. extravaganza. And dude, for people that don't understand. First of all, this is physically taxing stuff that you're doing. Like, this is not for the faint of heart. Like, you're not just, like, driving up to a stand in, a, in an ATV, right? So talk a little bit about some of your trips, yeah. like, how you got into the filming thing. Yep. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so obviously football from about ninth grade till I was 24 took up every fall. 
So yeah. I gave it up completely, basically. Yeah. And me and you have kind of had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're so sick every I fall. Did, like, yeah. God damn it. I, did, I didn't get it. Yeah. Like, it's not fun going once on October 11th. Like, and so post football, I knew I wanted to, I mean, I, I like being outside. And, yeah. and hunting is a medium I do that in, but I just like being outside. So post football, I had never been elk hunting. I want to go elk hunting. My dad was in Montana at the time. I have a brother that lives in Wyoming, a brother that lives in Colorado. So I have connections. It's like, hey, it's let's like go trifecta. on an adventure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and 10 years ago, you could get the tags a lot easier. And so I would apply across two or three states and wherever you drew, you went. That's and we did it. I mean, we've always kind of done it. Put a tent in a backpack, food for five or six days, like rain gear, hopefully it doesn't snow and let's go stay in for five or six days so you can get in there deeper and if nothing else, you kill an elk, great. You don't, you're on a kind of an epic adventure. So yeah, I've, I've done that for eight or nine years now and I, I've had success. I've had failure. We've killed bulls. We've killed cows. We've kind of done it all, but yeah. Um, it's more about probably being outside, quite frankly, and getting yeah. off the grid. <laughs> is that a, is that a, I ask this question a lot because for me, you know, being out in nature is part of my spiritual, it's yep. part of my faith base yep. and it's part of my spirituality. Is that the case for you too? I mean, do you find kind yeah, of that it, peace in nature? Is it therapeutic in, in a way? Ab- absolutely. And, and even more like uh, stress, football, I mean, getting out was like this disconnect. And, and when you go on these hunts out West, you truly don't have service. Like I can't text my wife if I want to. And so you are off the grid and it's, it, it's crazy. Like your mind just, if you can't get yeah. an email or you can't get a text or your phone doesn't ring. Yeah. You, you become very present in where you're at. And you stop worrying about what might come through or yeah. what did come through or how do I risk? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I love that. Yeah. And then you talked about the, I love the, the, the correlation between sports and like the military, for example, you know, for me building a team and a business, you know, that team environment, dude, when you separate from that, it's a very difficult change. Yep. Yep. I think for everyone, because you're used to having that, that group, you know, feeling, Hey, we got each other's backs. We're going to, you know what I mean? And then yep. all of a sudden that's gone. And it, it took me, I know, uh, you know, a, I mean, it's, I'm still kind of in that moment of like, it's weird not having my boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's nope. just, it's different. So having something that you can fall back on and something that you can kind of refocus, which for yep. me is also like you, I think the hunting, the yep. fishing, you know, the musky fishing thing, it's huge. And so, yeah. So anyway, I just was curious if that was kind of similar for you as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it, it's something to pursue. It's something to put energy into. And that's yeah. where a lot of those guys we talked to earlier, they get done. Maybe they've got all the money in the world, but they've lost like their their force that was yeah. driving them. And so, um, yeah, hunting's definitely one. I mean, the filming aspect just became one of my best buddies, Brent Metcalf. He was a wrestler at Iowa and he's like, Hey, I've been doing some self filming. Like we should film together. And I was like, okay, let's go Turkey hunt. And he reaped a Turkey. It's still one of the coolest things we've ever done together. Explain that to Mike. Cause he has no idea what that uh, means. Re- reaping a Turkey. I have no idea. Yeah. This is wild Mike. A okay. So literally this, yeah, yeah, you get, a, you get a gobbler out in the field and he's out there strutting and you get as close as you can basically without him seeing. And then you pop up another gobbler decoy. And if you catch him in the right mood, they either run away or they come attack. And when I mean attack, it's like a raptor running. So we see this one out there like 300 <laughs> yards. We, you got to see this clip. Like we see this one way out there and he pops it up and I can't see the bird all of a sudden. He's like, it's coming. And all of a sudden <laughs> over the hill, you just see this 
I mean, they look like raptors awesome. drowning, sprinting, and he shoots it from here to the camera with a 12 gauge. I mean, right before it's kind of jump on him and the decoy. It's intense. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, that sounds yeah. awesome. In the video, like, it was oh, like, no. no, no, you ain't in my house. Boy. Exactly. Like, this is my field. That's exactly what they're yeah. doing. And so we literally got that all on film and kind of fell in love with it. He had one child at the time. I had zero, so we had a lot more time. Yeah. Um, now he has four and I have two, so it's, it's fallen off a little bit, but we got an elk hunting. We've killed a couple deer, um, entered some film contests. It was just like a, a an outlet to basically, like I say, put energy into. So Yeah. Well, it's kind of like this stuff for me and Mike, you know, you, you, when you're passionate about something, you have this opportunity to be yeah. able to share it. It's cool that we have all these media no. platforms now and that opportunity to get it out there. Like that didn't exist when we were kids. Oh no. yeah. So it's pretty cool. Well, And, and thankfully, yeah. yeah. Right. Like right. I, I feel, I feel I'm thankful that I didn't grow up with a cell phone in my hand or yeah. an iPad. I know. I don't right. know how these kids do it, man. I, I don't it's know. It's a different, it's, it's a, a different, different world. world. It's it, completely it, different. It, world. It, yeah. yeah it, it is. And that's where I think even less being outside aspect, which is what I, it's even more important. Yeah, like, I agree. It's, Absolutely. it's more important because it's going to be less of a thing. The further we go down, like no it's question, just, man. I, mean, I, I think you and I both agree on the conservation piece. Like that's why it's so important for me to try to get my kids somewhat involved. Yep. Right. It's like, uh, I wouldn't have the same level of passion for the conservation and for nature if I, that wasn't something that was instilled in me as a kid yep. and had the opportunity to do that stuff as a kid. And now it's like, and, and dude, phones are made to consume people, right? Oh, it's like, that's that yeah. thing is made to suck you in. And I'm guilty of it too, right? I get sucked yeah. into weird YouTube videos. Or like, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I'm trying to learn about something. Next thing I know, it's six hours later and my eyes yeah. are all in my, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, I was, and I was talking to him for an hour of it, then I just stopped because he wasn't responding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, really, you guys, yep. I mean, it's a consuming thing and it's a time consuming thing. And that ability to slow down, take a deep breath, you yep. know, be where your hands are. I think that's really important just to, so that people know that like, Dude, you can put it down. Yep. You know, you can step away, refocus, recenter. Um, that's a big deal. So, so let's talk about this too, because while we're on that topic, so you you have a farm of your yep. own. Yep. So talk a little bit about you know that why you chose to do that because again you've got these options of what you can do with your money yep. and and you know where to invest. You know why did you choose that route and and tell me kind of what your you know, what your goal is with that long term. Yeah, no, it. yeah, I was lucky enough. Me and Brent together bought a farm uh, in 20, at the end of 2020. Yep. Um, and, and essentially I always knew I wanted to own a piece and yeah. my little agriculture stint had got me acclimated with an area that I thought I wanted to own in. And so one you of saw them, giant bucks out yeah, there when you were driving. Literally. The <laughs> Farmers. Part your rich environment. Yeah. This is it, right? <laughs> when you walk into a guy's shed and it's just like a pile of 180s and he's just like, yeah, those are just scrub bucks. And it's like, Oh, like what are the big ones look like? <laughs> one of those. What do the big ones look like? <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I became really acclimated with like Washington County and yep. especially the skunk river. And now like the Midwest whitetail guys, I mean, they own a lot of ground down there. There's a lot of people down that own ground down there, but farm came for sale. We were lucky enough to be able to get it bought. And to me, it was always just, I had been hunting, moving out of my house, going to college. I had kind of lost the place to hunt and yeah. I had permission. I go ask permission, but uh, I had so many times where somebody'd walk in on me. I'd walk yes. in on somebody. I, I, I had this great spot on the English river. And one morning I had taken off work and I, I pull in and there was another truck there and it's a private property, but I'm not the only one that's allowed to hunt it. And there's another truck there, but I knew that these guys ended up trying to hunt on the other end of the farm. So I thought I was safe. Okay, I'm going to go anyway. I'm here. I already drove 45 minutes. It's 4.30 in the morning. And I walk in there, and as I'm in the woods, I can see like a light, like generally where I'm going. 
And so all of a sudden I keep walking and I get there and this guy's up in my stand. But I oh hung. Like we're, I mean, it's private ground and I put it up and he was nice about it. Like he was just like, Hey, I'm sorry. Like I didn't think anybody would be in here. And, but long story short, it's frustrating. I, oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Time. I, I didn't have as much time and it's just, so that lack of control, yes. um, it pushed me into buying my own farm. I also think it's a great, I mean, investment. It's a hedge. It's it's an inflation hedge. I mean, look what 70s and 80s, I mean, hard assets is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, when you're in the financial world, I think a lot of people want you to be all financial assets. There's nothing wrong with financial assets, but there's nothing wrong with hard assets either. Right, right. And so uh, we and diversification this. is good too, right? Absolutely. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So we bought this farm. It's right on the Skunk River. I mean, it's beautiful. And yeah. it's just so thick. And that's what I love about it. To get an invite to go check it out sometime, yeah. asshole. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. You, you walked right yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he threw it and you swung right yeah. out. I mean, listen, it's a cool piece, and you know, I see it as a place that I can spend time. But now there's something separated off to where, like, I want to take Poppy, my daughter, to turkey hunt. I got a spot. I want to yeah, take Colt to go yeah. shoot a deer, the 350 legend. I have a spot. So yeah. I have a place to incorporate them into it. Yeah, and maybe they'll not like it. Maybe they'll love it. I don't know, but I'm going to make right. sure I give them the opportunity to, to do it. Yeah, that's, that's cool. exactly so, what I've tried cool. to do too. Yeah. Cause you can't force them into it either. You know, I no. think there's a fine line there, but I've seen, I've seen it with, uh, you know, it's interesting because my daughter who's 10 has not gotten into the hunting part yet, yep. but it's cool for me to see her interest in the wildlife and the insects and the flowers and the, you know what I mean? The oh, changing yeah. of the seasons. And like that to me is a really powerful thing, yep. you know, to just, I can see that she's got that interest and that desire to want to understand more about it and learn about it and like dude i'm like yes and you know my son is kind of he's teenage years now so now he's thinking about girls yeah. and, and yeah. other stuff but you know it's same thing man to see him you know last year he shot a beautiful buck and dude the, the adrenaline rush and to see him kind of have that and to go through that and that that's a it's a memory you'll never forget whether they continue to do it or not it's at least left an impression yep um talk time about, with you oh my I mean, gosh I, I think it's, about it's it, such it's quality a, time because you're not me, there's no distractions and it's gonna be a 50 minute car ride and we're gonna go down right to hunt together it's gonna be a, i mean it, i'm building in time with them to some Absolutely. degree and i always tell my wife like we were talking about technology it's like the world is going to more technology and, and cities and that's okay. That's fine. Right. But it, it's okay to like show them this other side too. Cause the world isn't going more of the rural yeah. skunk river. <laughs> no, right. That's not tends to be where it's going. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're getting kind of close on time. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to ask of you is cause a lot of people, you know, we try to kind of give uh, for people like yourself who have oh. had an interesting, you know, trajectory, I'll call it. Yeah. Um, what's a piece of advice, man, that you would give to somebody that is, you, let's say in their early teen years or teenage oh. years and kind of looking at, okay, what am I going to do with my life? What's a piece of advice or something that somebody has shared with you that's kind of had an impact and, and, you know, helped along with that, that mindset that you have of, Hey, I'm going to go get it. Yeah. No, I, I think there's two things that I, I think of right away. One, I've already touched on it. People. I mean, good people are good people. And yeah. no matter what industry you're in, whether you're farming or finance or military or football, like good people are good people in, in following and being involved with good people always ends up working out. And in, in my opinion, yes. the other thing Agreed. is like my, my favorite quote is patience and perseverance pays off every time. 
Okay. Yeah. Nothing happens wow. quick. Nothing good happens quick and nothing good uh, is super easy. I mean, it's, yeah. if, if I think back on my life and I'm sure you guys, it's like a lot of times it's those really tough moments where you actually like look back and know, like I grew, I got something out of this, but yes. in general, the best things in life are hard and they take time. And, and, and that's a lesson you carry with you. Oh, exactly. Right? Yeah. And you can apply to so many different scenarios and teach your kids. Exactly. It, yeah. It's that, that's in this instantaneous world we live in. Isn't a real where it's not the tangible world. that's like right that's right friendships and hard work and i mean that stuff has a lot of value so yeah well surround yourself with good people i know for me man was that situation where i did hit hard times yep. they were the ones man that grabbed me by the back of my shirt and were like hey man let's go yeah you know what i mean yeah. like well, let's keep going one foot in front of the other uh mike and i did a podcast with one of mike's buddies brian white brian you know has this organization one more step and you know everybody goes through these times in their life yep. right these trying times and that and having that support group and that willingness to just take one step forward, dude. And just because unfortunately, man, it's easy to get stuck. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think we've all gotten stuck for some yeah. period, whether that's short, whether that's long, but again, just when you've come to the other side of that, it's that all of a sudden that realization of Holy shit, dude, I can do it. Yeah. And, and you become more resilient. You become less likely to, to get stuck. I think for long periods of time, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's a and no, and no matter thing. where you are in life, no matter how old you are, you can always take that one more step. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on? No, thank you guys. Yeah, that was fantastic. We covered the gamut. Yeah, so James Vandenberg, thank you so much for your time. Where, man. Hey, where can we see those videos, those hunts? Yeah, uh, talk about that. so yeah, the brand was called Antler Athlete. It's still alive and well. Just there Antler hasn't been Athlete. a video in a couple okay. years. Yeah, we. I don't know, some plan so that, that, that that raptor coming at you is yeah. on there? Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to watch that. Right right. Yeah, you were busting his balls to do more of that. I feel like that's a great thing. Exactly. Carter's already pushed me. I'm like, hey. Um, so get back into so some yeah, of that, right? Athlete, there's a YouTube channel and Instagram. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of our adventures are on there. Uh, you guys want to get a real funny video for somebody who hasn't seen reaping? Brent did a hysterical video teaching people how to reap a turkey. So, okay. and then one yeah. one last thing, I guess. Um, how do people that are looking for some financial help? Nope. I know that sometimes there's kind of like barriers, boundaries, or whatever there is to kind of you know qualify yeah. for certain books. Tell us about that. And for people that are looking for somebody, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So I, I mean, the easiest way there is if you just Googled my name, James Vandenberg RBC. You're either going to get a scrawny picture of me. Of me in a football uniform or you're, gonna, or you're gonna get a picture of me in a suit and there's gonna be a link right to me um so a sleek 173 <laughs> so, good. Yeah. so that's probably the easiest to get a hold of me on that end my phone number email is all right there yeah awesome. and, I'll, and i'll throw out there too obviously i work with you so if yep. anybody wants to make that connection you can reach out to me as well as long as you're not a complete moron i'll, I'll put yeah. you in touch with james um all right man well awesome awesome i appreciate that and uh thanks to all you guys for listening um make Make sure you guys share, like, um, talk to people about other topics and give us some comments on what you thought about James's feedback on the financial world. Um, we love to hear other people's feedback, kind of how they how they see the next 12 to 24 months looking. I think that's an interesting topic currently. So yeah. let us know. Amen. Thank you very much. Hey, we yes. appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, we're back after the break. We're back. Mr. James Vandenberg. I knew him as uh, number 16 in an Iowa Hawkeye uniform for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, you know. Cool I did, story, right? He's a cool guy, isn't yeah, he? he's great. Yeah, he's, great. he's awesome. Well, and he came in on that, that, you know, after someone got hurt that year. 
and almost led him to victory against, uh, I think it was for the Big Ten or something like that. Uh, yeah, dude, he had, a, he had a solid career. Obviously, I mean, the guy made it, you know, into yeah. an NFL uniform. Like you said, he kind of bounced around, he kind of did his thing yeah. for a little bit and realized that that was a tough game. But, you know, I had a, when I met him and really, well, not when I met him, but this, I think it was the second or third time I, I spent some time with James and kind of got the chance to talk to him a little bit about the football career and kind of how that went down. I had a ton of respect, man, for that mentality of like, hey, I know I want to make some money. You know, I, I don't want to be unrealistic when it comes right. to this opportunity. Right. And I'm going to set a deadline and just kind of say, hey, if I'm not, you know, if I don't feel stable by this point, then I'm going to take the next step to my professional career. Good for him, dude, because how, that's got to be tough, right? right. I mean, that's, that's so applicable. few people ever have yeah. that opportunity to be able yeah. to do what he was able to do. Yep. Um, and I love the fact that when you talk to him about business or you talk to him, which we saw here, that by in no means defines him. Right, you know what I right, mean? Right, right. Yeah, it's part of his story, but he doesn't, he's not the guy that comes up. He's like, oh, I'm James yeah. Vandenberg, the Iowa quarterback. You know what I mean? He's and not no, that guy no, at all. Nor does he, nor super does, humble. Nor does he say, I'm, I'm James Vandenberg, the RBC, you know, manager for, yeah, the, for, no, for such James. and such area. It's just James. Just James. And, yeah. and, and again, he talks so much hey, you about can, good you people. Can find my, you can find my email and phone number on a website. Yeah, yeah. No, and he talked about good people, man. And that was yeah. my, my very first impression of him was just he's a good person himself. Yeah. You know, he's, yep. a, he's a good human being. Another really good story. Yes, yes. A family guy. You yep. know, he wants to do the right thing. He's uh, He's been really, really good to me, too, from a financial advisor perspective, because I did get so many people trying to push me into, you know, this prepackaged oh, thing yeah. or this product or this situation. And James really was more willing to kind of go, well, well, tell me kind of what your goals are and what are you really trying to achieve? What's important to you? And, you know, man, that meant a lot to me that he he cared enough not to just care about his commissions and the deal do, to do the fact finding, do the fact finding, understand me yep. as an individual, me as a person, you know, man, I'm a gnat on an elephant's ass compared to their, their client base in so many ways. And it's like, it's cool that somebody cares enough to take that time and, and try to learn and, and say, Hey dude, let's just figure out how, how this makes sense well, for the you. discussion afterward too, that obviously you're, you guys aren't going to see, but it was because it wasn't caught on camera, but just that, that, that conversation about the debt. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I alluded to the, the debt number or the interest number that we're paying. This year, we're going to pay $663 billion. With a B? With a B in, in interest on that wow. on that 33. It's almost $33 trillion worth of debt. Yeah, it's time that we address some of that and understand why that continues to just spiral out of control. And we all agreed. It's just because people are kicking it and kicking the can down the road constantly. Yeah, and he made some really good points after the fact talking yeah. about, you know, how, you know, the government refinanced debt for, you know, three to four years at one point, a really low interest rate. Well, now all of a sudden that's all coming due and they're, they're having to, re you know, re refinance all of that debt, which is now six and seven percent. Uh, I mean, so that's yeah, 660, or 6%. whatever that 660 some billion dollars you're talking about, man, that it's, number is oh, going so it's, to so it's spiral. estimated to 745 billion in 2024, 1.3, 1.4 trillion in two, 2033. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to climb faster than that, I think based on the might. current, the current might. economic state, you know, I, and we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I'm not an economist, but, uh, but dude, I love his, you know, he's such a well-rounded guy yeah. too, yep. you know, and I, I, I thought it was really cool to kind of see somebody else that, you know, again, when he puts his heart and soul into something, dude, he's all in, yeah. you know, he talked about it was some of the things. Another thing that him and I talked about a lot was giving up some of the things you're passionate about to be able to achieve your goals that's a, that's a, that's a hard thing to do. It's hard for me. And, but yet seeing people that have that willingness to know, Hey man, if I put it all in right here, I'm going to get some of that time back someday and, and hopefully come out the other side of that deal and reap the rewards of that hard work and that willingness to give up things that are, yeah. are, you know, wants instead of needs, maybe in that moment in life. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a great example of that, you know, but when he was, you know, he's doing the football thing, he was all in the football thing when he's, 
you know, doing the, the seed business, he's all on the seed business. When he's doing the financial piece, he's on the financial piece. When he's out there with his bow in his hands and he's out in Colorado or Wyoming or wherever he may be, yeah. he's all in on that, right? Yeah. And he's taking it to the, to the next level and he's taking, he's not taking the easy way out in any of those aspects. Yep. Um, and I respect people like that. You know, what's interesting too, you know, he talked about, you know, with his kids and being able to spend that time and, and parlay it to you and Pace and going out and hunting and being able to spend that time. It's 50 minute drive and then it's yeah. getting to the spot and then staying in the spot and then getting back from the spot and then 50 minute drive back. And all of that is blocked out, if you will. Yes. Without electronics, without, you know, Wi Fi or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Right? So it's interesting because if you look at his background, his father was a, an army doctor yeah. um, who uh, having experience in the military, yeah. you know, doctors, nurses, medics, whomever that are way overworked. Yeah. There's yeah. not enough of them. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so they're way overworked. Yeah. Um, whether they're in a, in an active duty space or in a VA hospital, I mean, they are way overworked. Yeah. And so, he learned that from somewhere. So kudos to his dad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. No question about that. Yeah. And he's, and he's mentioned to me how big of an influence his dad has been in his yeah. life in, in multiple ways. You know, I think to the, um, James is very, again, he's a humble guy yeah. and, you know, he talked a lot to me about, you know, Hey, his, Hey, my dad was a doctor, right? He's had very, he's held very high level positions now, especially, you know, post-military. Yeah. Right. And he's done a lot of great things for the, the healthcare community in Keokuk and around where he's, he's went to high school. Right. Um, but also that, you know, his dad was very, very, you know, needs over wants. It would never had that desire to just prove that he was sure. financially successful. It was more about taking care of his family sure. and, and, you know, taking care of priorities. And I think that shows a lot too. of just, you see that in James, right. Where yeah. he doesn't have this again, that, that, yeah, yeah. that yeah. ego or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Right. He's just a humble dude. So anyway, I'm, I'm super happy he did it. You know, he talked a little bit about musky fishing. He's it's something he's trying to get. I was fortunate enough that one of my good friends, Justin Kozlovka, is, you know, he's a musky guy. He's got to, you know, took me out and kind of got me into that situation. And when I first met James, I was showing him some, some musky pictures and he was like, I want to musky fish with you guys. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not me. It's my well, boy. He's the one that knows what's up. But, well, uh, but it was super funny. Yeah, but you just, just like his you, eyes you, very, you very eloquently parlayed that into hunting on his land. <laughs> lucky for james i don't need to have another place on i've got enough but but you know the funny thing is too though i really do appreciate you know it's fun to meet people that have that same goal of, of wanting to own land and then be able to incorporate their own management you know have some level of control over that stuff like i said so you can share it with the people that you want you know your kids and your family and you know i have friends obviously that help me out with my farms dude and to be able sure. to have them be able sure. to go out and enjoy that land like it's theirs that's a big deal to me, man. And for them to get their kids out there, Hey man, my kids may not get into that as much, but what if one of my friend's kids who helped me yeah. out, that's able to utilize the space I've been able to acquire. I don't care who it is, man, or how it happens. I just hope that that next generation grasps a hold of some of that. And I think James is the same way. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, you, you've asked, you asked him toward the end, like what advice do you have for people? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and he talked about patience and perseverance. Um, yeah. And I, I think we just say to our listeners, like, take a look at your finances. And if you're, you know, if you're healthy, you know, stay humble. If you're not healthy, get healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right? he, I mean, he said multiple times, like, you should know where your money's at. Right. Or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, that's not yeah. exactly how he said it, I don't think. But it was it was along the lines of, like, hey, it you is, should know. That's where a thought, yeah. Yeah, you should know where your money is at and understand why it is where it is. You know, because, again, I think that it is – there's a reason that financial advisors have become uh, such a big deal in our country that a lot of people just want to hand the money off and, and walk and say, away. Yeah, yeah. And they're not really necessarily paying attention to where the money's being invested or what's happening or what's going on in the market. 
And you guys, somebody like James that has that level of understanding and dedication to that business is a great person to go spend an hour with just to kind of hear some of that feedback of like, what do you think? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what, what do you see coming? Because again, they have the tools, right. And for right. somebody like him that he's obviously an extremely intelligent guy and he has dedicated himself to this business. He's gonna, he's gonna be a great resource and you know utilize that right take Absolutely. advantage of that take some advice i mean yep. he's been great for me so yep super yeah, super thankful for someone like that i i love the, you know the guests that we're working with like in this little time frame because everything's so positive yeah right? and when yeah. you and i can drone on and i can research into, into into rabbit holes of what what's wrong with everything but yeah we're we're we're, we're, we're doing a good job i think of bringing people that show show our listeners show the audience show the show america that hey things are still working well and things are still positive there's a lot of good stuff going on yep. out there that isn't being talked about and a lot right. of good people out there doing their thing i think it really shows the difference between my positive attitude and your negative nancy outlook that is not even closer <laughs> what? i'm just saying these are the one that just, you positive guys that i'm bringing in here paul i mean james Magda. Okay. All right. Yeah. Brian Baca. Like, Baca. That's a big okay. one. Yeah. yeah. That's coming out Friday, by the way. Yeah, Let's yes. talk about that really quick, dude, because yeah. this is one of my. Well, we, oh, it's going to be so late. It's going to be so late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Forget about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, but we should, you know what we should do real quick after we get off of this, we'll do a, a quick live and we'll just talk about Baca coming up on Friday. Okay. I and like we it. just thought of that while we're doing this recorded podcast, it'll come out in four weeks and you guys are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? But, <laughs> but sometimes ideas just happen. Right? Better late than never. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, um, you know, huge shout out and thank you to James Vandenberg yes, for taking the time. Indeed. The guy's a super busy guy and he's always, and the same thing, man, he's, he's really involved in the community. He's involved in charity organizations. You know what I mean? He's just trying to be a positive yep. member of, of the community. And so, you know, thank you to James for taking that time. We appreciate you, man. Um, we will obviously, uh, you know, so just like every, every episode, we'll tease this thing out before it comes out. So if you yeah. want to see this episode, we'll, we'll give you a heads up. It's coming. Uh, make sure to check us out on Spotify. Indeed. Uh, check us out at idle time productions, YouTube, YouTube. channel. Yep. If you want to watch our beautiful faces, or actually, if you want to see James, who is dressed very nicely today, uh, much better than I told he's, you, he's he a lifted. handsome young man. He, yeah. Yes, yes. I feel like he just pushed us down a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, it's all see, relative. The positive, negative. I choose to lift us up. You choose to push us down. I get it. Don't give me okay. that okay. shit. Okay. Why yeah. not us That's good. It has to start somewhere. It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now?